This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sergeant and Mrs. Smith, you are going to love this house. Is that a tub in the kitchen? There's no field manual for finding the right home. But when you do, USAA Homeowners Insurance can help protect it the right way. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, a post-match edition with myself, Omar, joined by regular host, or I could say host, but regular guest, should I say. You're almost a host guy, uh, Mill Fan TV. How you doing, mate? You all right? Very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's all right, mate. Uh, we drew 1-1 today, away to Cardiff City, Mick McCarthy's second game in charge, their first home game, and I feel like it could have been more, but, you know, kind of confident going into the game today, Kai, but a 1-1 draw, I felt like was... I guess a fair result on the balance of play in the end. Yeah, definitely. I think um, lovely, it would have been lovely to get the win. Um, but I think, you know, we, we played, I thought we played really well first half and probably first 70 minutes until they scored. Um, even when they scored, we still looked like we could come back into it. Um, but I thought we, I thought first half, they had a couple of really good chances they probably should have taken. I think Moore missed one from pretty, pretty close range. Joe Bennett missed one in the, in the, in the second half. So, you know, on, on reflection, you know, Zahor had two good chances, but on reflection, probably had similar sort of good chances and probably probably both, probably a, a result was probably, the, uh, the, a draw was a fair result in the end. Agreed with you there. I think uh, we'll talk about, obviously, the initial team news that we had at two o'clock today at Cardiff City Stadium. We went with on-change 11. I think there was no real surprises there. We mentioned it yesterday on our Friday Night Live show, but I feel like it was kind of to be expected. And that's obviously Bielkowski in goal, a back five of Malone, Cooper, Hutchinson, Leonard filling in at right centre-half and Danny McNamara. Keith and Woods in the middle, Thompson kind of in front, but maybe making up the three defensively. And then obviously up top was Jed Wallace and Ken Sahor. How did you feel about an unchanged 11, Kai? I think, you know, obviously we played on Tuesday, 
done all right on Tuesday. It was quite solid. I guess it made sense to kind of go again with the players we had. Yeah, definitely. And I thought um, they, they, they matched well today. I thought um, Tomo's a really good option for a, a good physical side like Cardiff. They'll, you know, they, bully, they, they try and bully you in the air, you know, numerous long throws. I thought we dealt with it really well, though. Um, and their, their goal actually comes from Sonic on the ground, which I was actually quite surprised about. I thought if they were going to score, it was going to come from a, from, a, from a throw or a corner, something like that. But um, I thought that Tomo was perfect suit for today's game. You know, it'll run his socks off and it'll always work hard. I thought Ken played pretty well. I know obviously missed two really good chances, but his overall hold-up play up there, it's a thankless task up there, you know, in the away games. And we don't get don't get enough, uh, probably enough to him. And his two chances, probably should have scored both. But um, that will come, hopefully, as, he's, as, as he plays more. Interesting uh, from Cardiff's point of view, they actually matched up on us. They had three centre-halves playing, um, something they didn't play midweek against Barnsley either. So it was a deliberate intention for McCarthy to match up to our 5-3-2. Before we get into the game, what's your thoughts on this formation that Rowett's kind of played the last couple of games? Are you a fan of it? Do you kind of see, you know, room for potential there? Or what's your kind of thoughts on it at the moment? Um, I thought it's been interesting because since he's come in, he used to play a 5-2-3 a lot, didn't he? In away games, he's actually switched up to a 5-2-1-2 now, hasn't he? With Jed and Zahor up there. I think Jed works works really well up top. Actually, I thought he, you know, he looks much more dangerous up there. He looked really good against Watford. Looks good again today. Uh, I think he, I think it gives him a bit more freedom um, when he goes up top, and he, and to support um, Zahor, he does really well as well. Uh, so I think overall, I, I quite like this formation. I just, I'd like us to, I'd like our wing backs to get forward maybe a bit more than they do. I think Malone's very attacking. Danny Mack looks very good when he gets on the ball too. But I'd like our, our centre backs Hutchinson and Cooper to just step forward a bit more, or Leonard, whoever's playing there, I'd love them to step forward a little bit and try and cause Cardiff a few more problems. I think, to be fair, I think you go up, went with that, you said, you know, Cardiff intentionally played a five at the back today or a three at the back, whichever way you want to look at it. I think it was probably to try and match match them up and then and then hopefully they're thinking maybe the quality will come through of theirs. I don't know. But they're, they're definitely a, a big unit, aren't they? And, and probably one of the only teams in the league that are bigger than us. Indeed. I mean, we'll get on to obviously their threat and their set plays, but we'll go, we'll go into the start of the game. It was kind of a bit of a tame start, I felt like, for the first five minutes or so. I think both sides were kind of just easing their way in, respecting each other. But, you know, I think it was kind of a balance of play, kind of, you know, just see as it was progressing sort of thing. I think they had a half chance. I remember it was like a, I think they, it was a set piece or something. And obviously, I saw Morrison also. I don't know what you thought about that there, Captain. It showed it on the replays where he actually elbowed Hutchinson first four minutes mm-hmm. in. I mean, I'm going to assume the referee didn't see it. I saw, I think, TT tweet it online. But, you know, on another day, especially with VAR, I feel like personally that might have been a red card. Albeit soft, it was, you know, it was intention there, I felt like. Yeah, definitely. That was their game plan to try and bully us and try and uh, get in our heads. And, and they, they, you know, to be fair to them, they they I thought they did it quite well. But to be fair to us, we we, we handled it quite well as well. So, um, you know, that that was a deliberate um Pushing the face, I've you know when I've since I've, when I've seen that, I've, I've thought exactly the same as you did. I thought, however, the ref was quite good today. Um, you know, between two physical sides, it's quite easy to blow the whistle and and, and stop start sort of thing. But he let the game flow a, a, a lot better, which was which allowed the game to, to be a lot better in quality than it would have done had the keeper blown up for free kicks all the time. Interesting, because I was going to mention the referee later on because I kind of felt like there was a couple of moments where I thought he wasn't really strong enough in the game but at the same time I agree with you there in a the sense that he did kind of let the game flow quite a bit and it made it a bit more of an entertaining affair so I'll give you that to be fair I think that's a fair point so um, we mentioned obviously a bit tame I think you mentioned earlier about you know the likes of Leonard um, and maybe Cooper coming a bit further forward I felt like he was doing that Leonard actually and then in the build-up to our goal 
Um, it was, I think it was to do with uh, Woods and Malone playing in between each other. And then it was a kind of a 50-50 on the left-hand side. In comes Jed Wallace, like we mentioned about being effective on the left-hand side or right-hand side further up the pitch. Something I've also echoed in the last couple of podcasts. He's um, latched onto it straight down the line and we get a bit of luck. I mean, I suppose if a team that can't score goals, it helps if the opposition scored the goals for you, I think, Kai. Absolutely. You know, it just shows our, our, our problems in front of goal. And, and you know, I felt... I thought it was a very tame start, as you said. It was it was very um, very boring, and I said I, I thought you know it, this is going to be a nil nil, but it was interesting that that goal just slightly sparked the game into into life, and it was needed actually because I think if we don't score, there I, I reckon because obviously when we score we have something to hold on to, and even though obviously we didn't hold on to it, we looked we we looked to get the second a bit more than than we used than we normally do today um, against especially against Huddersfield. We looked just to sort of shut the game down, didn't we, against Huddersfield. But today we, we had a couple of really good opportunities that should have been taken and should be should have three points. But, you know, again, Cardiff had good opportunities as well. And I thought both teams are normally very defensively uh, resolute. However, both teams gave, gave the other team decent chances today and it probably could have been more. But we could have been taking the scoreline. It was Aidan Flint credited with the own goal. I mean, fair play to Jed in the build-up to that. I think, you know, he'd done well to get to the byline, squared it back. Didn't we pick anyone out? I was thinking, oh dear, he's kind of messed up here with Sahor in the box. But we got a bit of luck, it went in and uh, 1-0 to us. I think, you know, on the balance of play, it was kind of our first real effort on goal. But it was nice to get an early goal. And you mentioned, obviously, we kind of pushed on a bit more and had a couple more chances, which we'll get on to. Did you notice Scott Malone's haircut today? He kind of went with a Millwall-esque haircut. I don't know if you noticed that. He was a yeah. bit of a skinhead, wasn't he? Which was a, a funny sight anyway, I noticed early doors. Yeah, exactly. When he came on the pitch, I heard, um, I think it was Carl Bates said it. He said, he said Scott Malone's had a bit of a trim. I thought, a bit of a trim. He's gone, he's gone completely off, hasn't he? Um, I think it's to give him a bit more pace going forward, win resistance. <laughs> Streamline, taking it to the effects. But I thought you mentioned Malone, obviously, uh, getting forward. But I felt personally, especially in the first half, he was quite effective down that left-hand side. And he looked composed on the ball as well, which I think, you know, I, I think, you know, a couple of times the likes of Hutchinson is a bit of, you know, sometimes I worry about him on the ball, which is something I never used to. I thought Hutchinson was the better footballer out of him and Cooper. But I watch Hutchinson now, I'm a bit nervous. But I felt Malone, Malone and uh, McNamara are both just welcome additions to that defence where they could just compose and calm on the ball, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think um, actually it quite works quite well in a planet centre-back because he, he has a lot more composure on it. And Danny Mack is, is so much, and this isn't a dig at Romeo because I think Marlon, Marlon's been great for us over the years. Uh, but Danny Mack just has that, te- that slight bit uh, te- uh, better technical ability than, than Marlon. I think Marlon's probably quicker than Danny McNamara. And, um, but I think Danny, on, on reflection, Danny McNamara's crossing's a bit better as well. And, he, and when he gets the ball, he always looks like something's going to happen for him, doesn't it? He's on the, when he's down the, the byline. So, yeah, I thought, I think uh, Leonard and McNamara have really improved our defence and have got us maybe attacking a bit better than we used to because of the fact they can ping balls. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I think it took about 18, 19 minutes for Cardiff to get their first registered attempt on goal. I think it was Bakuna, a little link up with Ojo, a bit of quality there. And I think it was straight into Bart's midriff, thankfully, and he was behind it. But aside from that, I think, you know, we didn't really see much from them until you mentioned, obviously, their set plays and their long throw. I think it was um, Volks, was it, with the long throws, their centre midfielder? Took about a minute to wipe it with a towel, which I suppose is fine when we're winning 1-0. But um, it was it was kind of relentless at times. But I felt we did stand up well to the task of that. And you mentioned, obviously, the goal we conceded, which we'll get onto in a bit. But it didn't come from a set play. We seem to be quite resolute and solid at the back. Yeah, I think it's something you probably expect. And I think they've probably been working on it over the, over the course of the week. Um you know, it's something that we know that, that they're going to do. You know, like um, like at Forest, you know, you, you have them strengths that Sammy Amiobi is going to cut in and have a goal on his right foot or left foot. They're going to 
pump balls into the box, you know. So you have to you have to be wary of that. And they're they're I'm sure they've worked on that all week. Uh, they've got big big players up there. And in fact, I'm surprised. I don't know don't know if he's injured or not. But their new signing Max Waters from Crawley, had he have been on the bench, had he have come on, it would have mainly made them bigger. Um, but you know, they, it's it's they're a strange team, Cardiff, because they've got a lot of height and a lot of physicality, but they've also got quality in there. You know, look at Ojo Moore. Um, you've got Volks. Uh, Rules wasn't even there today. Uh, Wilson is on the bench. I'm surprised. I'm quite surprised they even put him on the bench to be honest. Because when he came on, he looked he looked very very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he did have a telling impact actually for the goal as well, which yeah wasn't ideal. But it shows the quality they've got, I suppose. And they're able to get him on loan from Liverpool. Probably pay a fair bit of his wages, and it shows. You know, if you can find the right loanee from the Premier League, then they can do a job for you. We won't mention Troy Parrott in today's edition because mm-hmm. he didn't play today. So, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned obviously Thompson picking up the ball. I felt in the first half in particular, he was kind of in between the, the midfield and the strikers, and he just seemed to pick up the ball a lot more than he, he maybe did on Wednesday against Watford or Tuesday, should I say? But he seems to have a bit more of an effect first half and he was kind of buzzing around and he seems just kind of no one picks him up from Cardiff's side yeah I don't think they knew what to do with him really I think that back five maybe you know normally they play a 4-2-3-1 and and not and you know or 4-4-2 and with that five it takes that man out the middle and therefore the the centre doesn't know whether to go with Thompson or let him go or you know then the the centre midfielder has to drop but yeah Thompson's always buzzing around he's he's a he works ever so hard he's a proper as we say a Millwall player um you know he's a he's a real um a real workhorse in there and, and I think that's why I think everyone loves Thompson so much he'd always give 110 in the club and you can't argue with that can you no absolutely I think yeah I mean it's something I noticed anyway especially from Tuesday as compared to tonight it, it, I mean today sorry it was definitely an improvement for him and that side of things where he was in between the two and I, I do think like you said there it was to do with the fact that Cardiff were trying to match us up and having that one less midfielder kind of paid dividends for him in the first half we saw glimpses of Kenta Hoare and his powerful running on the left hand side a couple of times and I know there's a lot of criticism online for him, which we'll get onto in a minute for, you know, just not looking interested and also the couple of chances he missed today. Um, we'll talk about that chance. 38th minute, I think it was Matt Namara who um, tackles their winger superbly in the box, by the way, wins the ball, turns around and decides to sprint up the pitch. Perfect, ideal. I think he sends it down the line towards Jed Wallace. Wallace is through on the right-hand side, squares it across to Ken Zahor. All my money is on him, at least hit the target and... I don't know what he does. He kind of slices at it and it, it just kind of goes across him and almost for a, a throw in at the far corner, wasn't it? Yeah, I think if you look at both his chances today, especially the first, the first one was, was a lot harder than the second one. They're both on his weaker foot. And, and you know, even though footballers shouldn't have weaker foots these days, because, you is know, he they're... Left they're... Is he left yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is, yeah. Both, both chances were on his right foot, which, you know, I, I, I believe that they should always have a left foot, a, a, a weaker foot as well. And his second chance he took really well, but he's, his first one... Um, yeah, I was disappointed. I, I thought he might he might even been able to take a touch because there was no one around him. Um, but I think you know he, he used to play for Cardiff, didn't he? So he was so keen, probably so keen to score against them. He's over overthinking it at, at times, maybe today. I don't know, but I think his his hold up play was very good, and, and the amount of times he was being held and and pulled around by the centre back, and he even got a little bit uh, tasty with one of, with Nelson, didn't he? Uh, towards towards the end, end. Mm-hmm. but he was he was pulling him, you know. And I can understand that frustration from Zahor because, you know, when you're being pulled around for 90 minutes, because he did play the full 90 today, I think it's his first time for Millwall playing full 90, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, that was really good to see, you know, two two big chances he, he misses. And if he, if he does score, we probably win the game really comfortably. Um, but I think it will come. He does look a, a really good striker and, and one that's going to hopefully take us to the next level. The only thing I can draw confidence to, and I often say this with strikers, 
you can't remember too many chances in the last 10 games where our other strikers had chances, so to speak. So at least he's in them positions to take the chances and it is a matter of time. And we will mention the second chance in the second half shortly. I feel like we managed to kind of weather the storm towards the end of the first half. I remember a couple of free kicks right on the edge of the box. I think Hutchinson gave one away and the wall stand took the tool to it, thankfully. Um, Moore had that header, which obviously we mentioned, you know, right thankfully he was straight um straight over there but i think also he had an additional uh, an additional one where i think kifton bell cleared it off the line i think it was from a corner right before the stroke of half time and i think walls also had the chance to header it towards goal and bart got behind it so it was kind of i feel like we was lucky to get to half time when they up but also we needed that half time whistle didn't we at the time absolutely i think um I thought Keefton Bell has done really well, uh, obviously, you know, stopping that goal uh, in the first half. You know, if you look at the, the course of the game, he, he's cleared two balls off the line in the last two games. So technically, he's, he's saved us from two goals. And I think Keefton Bell has really, really helped the midfield to maybe maybe um, sort of just, you know, keep the pressure out a bit more. And he's he's one of them players, he's very different to Woods and Leonard. He'll, he'll break up play. And actually, when you get on the ball, a lot of Birmingham fans were saying that he's not very good on the ball at all. But when he gets on the ball, he actually looks quite good, doesn't he? So... I think um, yeah, that half-time whistle was was important for us to to sort of go go in one nil up. Uh, but obviously, um, you know, we came out second half and, and we looked uh, we looked good. We looked our energy was good again. So yeah, I thought half-time whistle was was came at the right time for us. He's quite progressive with his passing, Kefton Bell, isn't he? Or Keith, should I say? Um, but like you mentioned it there, like obviously there was maybe criticism. Maybe he's not a quality on the ball midfielder, so to speak. But he did. He, his first impressions is when he gets the ball, he's opening up to try and play forward. He's not interested in playing sideways or backwards, so to speak. It's just let me get the ball out and then I'll spread it out wide. And especially with our two wing backs, we play quite wide system. And I think he's done quite well in that sense where he's getting the ball straight inten- intentions to turn and play it out. Yeah, do you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me a bit of uh, Jason Malumbi, actually, in, in, in a few ways. I don't know whether you agree with this, but um, it's, it's not just the number either. Um, it's, it's a couple of other things. You know, he gets the ball and I was watching a highlight reel when Malumbi signed for Preston uh, a couple of weeks ago. There was this Preston fan that did this highlight reel of Malumbi. And um, you see a lot of aspects of Keefton Bell in Malumbi. Malumbi was aggressive. Keefton Bell's aggressive. Um, you know, he has a good pass on him. And, and I think one thing Keefton Bell looks to get on, when he gets on the ball, he looks to drive and he looks to get get forward. As you said, there's no sideways and backwards with him. He, he just looks to drive with it. And that's, I think, is a really handy um, midfielder to have because we just don't have that. You know, Woods, Woods plays some great balls at time over the top, doesn't he? But a lot of the time it's very sideways and backwards and, and sideways and backwards and we're just trying to retain the ball, whereas Ethan Bell gives us that bit more urgency about us. No, I have to agree with you there. And I think it's actually a fair shout. I mean, it's not an obvious comparison because obviously the age difference and you look at the stature of them, they're not quite the same height, you could say. Malumbi was maybe on the shorter side, but you are right in saying that. I can kind of imagine last season, you know, Kefton Bell's playing the exact same role Malumbi was for us. So, you know, I think it is definitely something that uh, Gary Rats intentionally returned to as well. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the second half. We started quite bright. I think um, Thompson pushed up a bit more, I felt like, and it kind of turned into a free attacking options I felt like personally Malone continues to impress me I thought down the left hand side he just seems to be lively winning tackles and seems to just be a nuisance to the opposition Joe Bennett has that free header in the box thankfully it goes over and that was a bit of stroke of luck we felt like we needed at the time um, and then Thompson gets his head injury I mean I, f- I felt like it epitomised what we brought Thompson in for recently you know he's he's put himself about he's being busy but also you know he's put in where it's going to get hurt but he wasn't shirking the challenge was he? No, absolutely, and and the fact they carried on was just was just showed what Tomo's about, isn't it? He's 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 ever so tough. He's you know he's absolutely brilliant, and um, I do really like Tomo, and, and I think what he doesn't have in his quality, he makes up with with for his hard work and his and his um and his desire to win the ball back for us. And I think you can't you can't knock that. 
I also wanted to note uh, Ryan Leonard. He actually had a similar scenario about five, ten minutes later, another head injury, but I think it wasn't of Sophia's Thompson's. But Leonard, I think, put his head in against Moore, who was an absolute handful today for the opposition, who obviously was someone who was linked with, which I was going to discuss when we talked about his goal. But the same with Leonard, you know, he's slotted into that centre-half uh, at the back, not just, you know, offering that additional balance on the ball, but, putting, you know, he put himself on the line a lot. And I felt like, you know, he doesn't shirk a challenge, does he, Leonard, either? No, absolutely. Leonard's, Leonard's a... Uh... Leonard's a, a classic example of, of a no-nonsense player as well, and I I think Leonard's done so well to to um to just 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 to he looks he seamlessly fitted into that back three, hasn't he? And and whether we get a centre back or not, that's besides the point because I think I think you know if we do get him get one brilliant, if we don't, Leonard I think can do it for the rest of the season at least. I think Leonard's been excellent, and I think actually um I think he might even be better there than he is in centre midfield, which is credit to him, isn't it? I think he's just he's proved his utilityness, and obviously I think it's ideal for a manager like Rowett to have that option, especially when we're changing the formation up. And you know it's good to have that option where you know you can rely on someone regardless of what position he's playing. I'm sure we could put him in goal, and he'd probably do a good shift for us. Leonard, I think he's that sort of player at the minute, which surprises me because I mean when he first signed by Harry. Message. Hey man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. <laughs> oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat when we set in sail, Captain. <laughs> when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Chris, you know, with a big price tag from Sheffield United, Kai, it is worth speaking about because, you know, even myself, I felt like I was writing him off a little bit and he's come back into this side under Rowry and just kicked on. And if anything, he's probably my player of the season so far, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, that the price tag is always a hard one to come with because, you know, he, he you know, he, he's come from South End. We want to do it South End. And, and he's come from Sheffield United and he wasn't, he wasn't week in, week out starting for them, was he? I think he was on the bench. He was sort of a, sort of a part-time player for them as such. Um, so to come with a one point, was it one point five, one point something like that? To come with that sort of price tag on 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 your shoulders is always a hard is always a hard one, and and, that, and that's probably why he took took a bit of time to settle in. And also, you know, he was he was expected to fill the role of George Savile, who at the time was was doing very very well for us, and obviously he moved for eight million pounds. So that pressure was always there, and I think since he's come back from injury, and and I think you know may, maybe fans not being there for Brian Leonard might help might have helped a little bit to, to to him to come back into the team and do so well because I think when the fans are there he might have felt a bit more pressure on his shoulders than than he than he does now I think um you know but I think when he gets back I think the fans are we're, we're going to absolutely love him when he's when he's doing as well as he is now definitely yeah big upturn his form for Mill when it has to be said that and it's, you can only just create the player for that I mean the game kind of it's kind of on a Nice edit at this time. It's around a 65 minute point. I think Bennett gets uh, dives in the book and uh, dives in the book, dives in the box, gets booked for it. Um, it was obvious. I felt like he dived there, wasn't it? I just felt like he, he was, on the face of it, you saw the replays afterwards. You're thinking, 
that's pathetic really isn't it a bit of you don't expect that from a left back either I felt like but you know thankfully he got booked for that and it wasn't a penalty no absolutely I think um you know he was looking for that all day long and, and there was no there was no doubt about that at first I thought the ref had given it to be honest when you as soon as you as soon as you hit the blow don't you you, you expect you expect him to point but when he when he booked him it I think I think when when players go down um you can't if it's not a penalty it, it's a foul and it's a booking you know there's no in between you know if you don't think it's a penalty and you think he's dived then then you you can't just let play go on you have to book him because that, at the end of the day that's, that's that's a dive isn't it and I think that's the only way players are going to learn but you know on the other day they get that they get that penalty and and they probably they could probably go on to win the game don't they so, yeah, definitely. For us, I suppose the only changing point in the sixty odd minute times came when uh, a double substitution from McCarthy, Jacob Murphy on, and also Harry Wilson. And I think the latter, Harry Wilson in particular, was hard to pick up for Millwall. And then in comes the one-one opposition goal. Kiffer Moore scores it, who, like we mentioned, was a handful. But Wilson picks the ball up from deep in our opposition, so to speak, in our half, runs at our defence. Clips it through to Moore, and you mentioned obviously he's a handful in the air, and obviously put himself about, and he had the opportunity first off his head. He took that goal superbly, didn't he? Absolutely, and I think he's he's a, he's a very very interesting player, Keith Moore. There's very few like him where where he's so good with his feet, but so good in the air as well. And and I think um, he's he's quite a similar player actually. If you look look someone like he uh, looks someone like Kenza Hoare, actually, you know Kenza Hoare's. Uh, I think Kenza Hoare's probably. If you look at him, he looks. Kiefer Moore might be slightly taller than Kenta Hall, but the Hall's are, are, are much he's much stockier than, than Moore. And and I think you look at both of them and you know, maybe maybe slight differences, Moore likes it on his head a bit more than Zahor does. Like Zahor wants it into his chest, into his feet. Mm-hmm. But they're they're very, they're very they're target men, but they prefer it on their in their feet, I I think. And he's a brilliant finisher of the ball. It's a telltale sign because obviously I left out the second half chance from Sahor, but it was just after the second half uh, started. And obviously, I think it was Keith, uh, Keith I was going to say Keith and Moore there, uh, getting confused. Kefton Belt, who um, picks up a loose ball, plays through Sahor, and he's almost on the six yard line when he shoots, isn't he? And it, it, the keeper gets the slightest of touch to it with his feet and it goes wide. But you compare the two and you back more to score that chance when you compare it. It's a similar sort of chance as well, isn't it? And, you know, I think. Moore lifted the ball over, Bart made it look easy. And unfortunately for us, like you mentioned, on his weaker thoughts, he just couldn't convert that opportunity, could he? Yeah, that's the difference between someone who's in form and someone who, who's, who's not scoring at the moment. Um, I think I think it will come for Zahor. And as we said before, the fact that the fact that he's getting these chances is really positive. And, it, and his movement actually off the ball is very clever, Zahor. You know, the way he actually drifts into these positions, Bob Vars and Bradshaw, they don't get these chances because they don't. their movement isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a really good ball from Keith as well, too. So it's two to Hall. And yes, Sahor probably should be scoring there, should definitely be scoring. In fact, it's a great save from the keeper if you look back at it. But the fact that he's getting them chances is a real positive for us. And it, hopefully it'll only be a matter of time before he takes one. So the game dwindles out pretty much after that point. I don't think there's any real noteworthy chances for the home side. They've kept a lot of the ball in the second half towards the end of it anyway. We make one change, which I wanted to ask you on. Obviously, Thompson came off, Bod Vartan came on. His first involvement on the counter-attack, I was thinking, here we go. Could this be an opportunity for us to nick it right to death? And I think as Wallace picks up Bod Vartan, he gets to the edge of the box and he just slips. I'm like, that just sums up John Daddy Bod Vartan for me all at the moment, which is unfortunate for him, I have to say. But um, yeah, it just kind of played out to nothingness. And I, I think at the, right at the death, and a lot of people said this online, we didn't make any more subs, but you can see, I think we're trying to make a double sub with Smith and Bradshaw coming on. Um, what's your thoughts, obviously, making only one substitution? Is is that, you know, is that Raoult thinking he's quite comfortable in the game? Is it, he doesn't have faith in the rest of the players on the bench to make an impact? What would you take from that? 
Well, well, firstly, going back to the, the substitution about John Daddy, with John Daddy, personally, I don't know what your, your thoughts are. I don't know what all the Mill fans' thoughts are this, but I would have liked to have seen a more like-for-like, and I would have preferred to see Bennett come on um, mm-hmm. for Tomo, because I think Bennett would have drove, driven at the defence a bit better. Um, he's got pace, whereas John Daddy hasn't got pace. I think if, if you're going to bring Bob Varsal on, you have to bring him on up front. You can't bring him on. I think he brought him on next as a whore, actually. But it was working quite well with Tomo in behind. So... Surely you bring on the same sort of player. I don't know. Uh, that's what I would have done anyway. I think Bennett. I think Bennett hasn't got enough chances over the last couple of weeks. But it just shows that he's not confident in these players like uh, like like Parrott, is he? Because he, he he didn't even bring him on. But um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one when you, when he's trying to bring him on with one minute to go. Um, obviously, didn't get on at the end, did they? I, I don't think. But I think. Um, Smith and Bradshaw, they, they should have. I think Smith at least. I, I think he should have come on a bit earlier, just just because I think Smith's an impact sub, and, and as much Smith won't like that. And but Smith, when Smudge, when Smudge gets chances, he, he scores goals, doesn't he? And I think even if he could have got one, he might have scored. But you know, I don't know. You never know. We might hear after the game that this guy's got a knock, or we don't know, do we? But and um, that's what I would have done. But you know, it was a uh, all up to the route, isn't it? No, of course. I mean, in isolation, a one-one draw away at Cardiff City Stadium, new manager, you know, there's a bounce there, so to speak, and you expect to see that from them. It's a good point, don't you think? What's your kind of take on that? I mean, obviously, it's now our 13th draw of the season in 26. We're averaging a draw every other game at the moment, only six wins, but we've only lost seven. Cardiff on the other side, that's their seventh draw of the season, so they've not really draw specialists, so to speak, like us anyway. Are you um, do, are you positive after that result today? I thought... Um... After we after they score, I, I felt I wasn't confident. I didn't think we were going to win. I didn't, well, I didn't think we were going to draw. Sorry, I thought they they go up and, and and win the game. But it was a very it kind of the game kind of petered out, didn't it? Um, there was very few chances for either side, and to, and to restrict a side who's just scored because normally after the team's just scored, they're they're full of full of energy, they're they're full of confidence. They didn't they didn't have anything. But even did we? Um, so on reflection, probably was a fair result. And am I am I happy with it? Probably felt like we probably should have got all three points in the end, but um, you can't knock a point on the road, especially to a Cardiff team. Obviously, if they are they are uh, only a place above us, but with the quality they have, you know, it just shows we are we are still we're working hard and and we've got that desire and a bit more fight back that we we were lacking a couple of games ago, which is really good to see. Just to read out some tweets, I mean, if you haven't followed us already, at that mill pod on Twitter, we put out normally a tweet to ask people what their post-match thoughts are themselves. Uh, various sorts of views here. We've got Matt Webb here going, Jed brilliant in that free role. We need another centre mid by Monday to have the attacking impetus. That's Thompson's not cutting it. Mickey, Kefton Bell looks solid in midfield. Distribution today for Cooper was horrid. A point on the road is a positive against a dirty Cardiff team and a very shocking ref. FPL Lion C. Tobbs, he says, to go 1-0 up, it's a bad result. Another draw, eight points off bottom three. If Rotherham win one out of two games in hand, we will be five points off relegation. Need to get more wins. I mean, someone looking down rather than up, which I can understand completely. Um, Rowe can go, according to Mill Mickey. Ginger, I'm a three-foot, no-good, can't Pirlo can go. I re- we read all the tweets, by the way, guys, so good and bad. John Daddy can take Scallop with him back on the Eurostar. Barrett can do the handover to Alex Pierce into a manager, then shut the door on his way out. Sum it up enough? I mean, what do you think on a few of them tweets? I mean, it's all, I think the mood from a lot of the fans has been, I think it's just a frustration, isn't it, Kai? You know, we keep drawing, we keep, you know, it's, I'm I'm a glass glass half full person after today's game. And I was on Tuesday night as well. And I don't know if that's just because I'm one of the optimistic ones out of us, but 
I do see what we're trying to do here. And I think I said it in my tweet after the game. I think we're one or two players off from mm. having uh, this this lineup and this formation work for us. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I, I'm definitely half class half four after this game. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I, I'm very much an optimistic person as well. Um, I, I always have been. I, I don't know where it comes from, to be honest, because my family, they're not very optimistic after after a lot of these these games. And, you know, I get that they're very frustrated too. And I can absolutely see where every single Millwall fan is coming from when they're when they're clearly frustrated, you know. And I think after last season, we all, we all expected to try and challenge again, didn't we? And we're just not getting the results this year and we're just not getting the wins that, that maybe sometimes we deserve. And... You know, I, I can absolutely see the frustrations, but I think we are, as you said, a one or two signings away. And on that, uh, Richard Cowley has just tweeted this, that we have um, had a bid accepted for George Evans. Perfect. So could he be the man? Well, it'll be interesting. I think he's um, quite a high-valued asset at Derby, and I think they do think quite respectfully of him from what I've seen online recently. Because Obviously, I think Mickey done a few tweets from our handle in the last week or so to say a deal was done. Interesting one. I'd love to wait and see what happens. We're also linked with is Ryan Porteous, isn't it, over at Hibernian in the centre half. So it's not quite the signings I'd personally be looking at to address. I feel like when I'm looking at our side and I say we're two signs off, I'd probably say, okay, right centre half so we could free Leonard up to play midfield. Leonard could even be playing the Thompson role at the moment, I feel like, because, you know, he picks up the positions and he drives with the ball as well. And he's obviously a handful with the ball when he comes forward. So that could be something to look out for. I just think we're missing that creative spark. There's someone to take the pressure away from Dred Wallace. And I don't know if George Evans is that player, to be honest with you. I can't say I've seen a lot of him, but from what I understand him as, it's more of a you know, a Kefton Bell sort of signing, if that makes sense. And he, he gets himself about in the middle. I don't know what you think on that, Kai. Yeah, so uh, George Evans is um, a centre-back, such a centre-defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly a centre-defensive midfield, but if he does play at the back, he plays in a three, which would, would suit us, wouldn't it, at the end of the day? Um, but if we do sign this Porteous as well, you have to probably question the thinking behind it. Uh, the only th- the, the thing I can put it maybe down to is, you know, Pierce maybe, got, maybe getting older. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we I think... We need another centre-back anyway, but with Pierce maybe going or Gear retiring at the end of the season, you don't know, he might be retiring, whatever. That mean, that would lead, lead us about two centre-backs short because, you know, Murray Wallace, Jake Cooper, Hutchinson and Pierce, you've got four centre-backs there. If you take Pierce away, you probably need five anyway if you're going to play a three at the back every game. Mm-hmm. So if you take Pierce out of the equation, you've only got three. So you probably do need another two on top of that. So that I can see that, and maybe he's just maybe he sees them to his options, especially with Derby's financial position right now. Get that, get Evans in, and we don't have to do maybe the centre backs in the summer, and we can focus more on the attacking side of things. But I do believe we need another attacking midfielder. We need an attacking midfielder, and hopefully one will come in the door before uh, deadline day or deadline signing closing. I think we all agree on that, to be honest with you. And I think I'd be interested to see how Conor Mahoney does. I'm seeing a lot of stuff about him coming back, the same with Billy Mitchell. I think it's a solid commitment from Rowett that he's moving towards this back five, which, you know, I'm happy with. I feel like, I, like I said, I'm glass half four in it. And we are a couple of players off and hopefully Evans could be that centre half slash midfielder that could fill in. And then you're thinking, you know, just one more going forward. I think we both agree on there. Just a small matter of Norwich City coming to town next week, mate. Um I think they drew nil-nil today against Middlesbrough at home. Obviously, Middlesbrough is a sort of side that can, you know, absorb pressure quite a lot. And from what I hear, it was one of those games today where Norwich probably should have won the game. They're just four points clear of Swansea at the top. So they're not high-flying or anything, mate. And they're not, you know, they're not like they're on an unbeaten run at the moment either. So what you expect in from that on, uh, I think, Tuesday, I think it is. Yeah, it's going to be another tough game, isn't it? It's going to be exactly like the Watford game. We're going to be pen- penned in like we, like we were against them. But I do believe... Um, the sort of games that we come out on top, don't we, sometimes? And 
I'm probably being a bit too optimistic again, but I'd love I'd love to see us get the win on on uh, on Tuesday, just to not just for the three points, but for the home record as well, because we need to start winning the Den. And and I just think if we get the win against Norwich, against a really good side like Norwich, then then we might be able to start get going again. And I think you know it really will come down to who we can sign from now until Monday. Uh, you know, because obviously if we get the deals done before twelve o'clock on Monday, then they can play on Tuesday, can't they? So. I don't know. We, I reckon it probably go right down to the last hour if we're looking for an attacking midfielder. So you might not be able to play on Tuesday, but we just need to, we just need to show that same set level of commitment against Watford. And I, and I know we are a draw specialists, but a draw really wouldn't be a bad result against Norwich again on Tuesday night. Um, but if we get the three points, then that'll be an, uh, an absolute brilliant result. I think the key thing for me is we've got this tough game against Norwich to come, but then towards the end of the month, we've got them favourable run of fixtures that we had in October time when we went on a three or four game run, so to speak, and that's Birmingham, Wickham, Luton, Barnsley, and then obviously Preston, who we done so well against a few months ago. So it, there is kind of a hurdle to get over with the Norwich game, but I am confident that we can kind of come back, you know, and Sheffield Wednesday on the Saturday at home, two home games in a week be lovely to get six points i don't personally see it but you never know let's be i am glass half full still but i just don't see us getting a result on tuesday against norwich but i think we make ourselves a bit of an unknown identity a little bit with this formation again and i think people our opposition will find it quite hard to come against us i mentioned thompson first off getting all that space you know i do think teams will struggle against our formation it is quite defensive yes but i think at the moment it's obvious to me it's kind of scenario where we just got to get over the line and keep safe so I'm expecting Troy Parrott to get called back this week. I don't know what you think on that. I think it, I, from what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, it, it looks like he's going to get recalled, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think another another non non he didn't even appear on the bench from the bench today, did he? Mm-hmm. It really seems like it's probably destined to happen. Um, I think it probably depends whether Tottenham can find another club for him. Um, if they can't, you know, I just think it's a difficult one finding another club for him though, because are any other Championship club going to want him mm-hmm. after he hasn't done very well? At Millwall probably not. And if you look at League One, they've got a problem with that that salary cap, haven't they? So is anyone going to be able to take the wages? And then Tottenham's other decision is, do we just call him back and, and not send him out again? And that might alter his development. But I don't think he's, his development's getting any better here. Um, I'd love to see him come good, but I just at the moment, I just I can't see it. I think it's, I'm still adamant about my point here for like, the last few weeks. I think he will go out, I think he'll get recalled and I can see him going on loan to another club. Maybe League One, if Tottenham's win to pay more of his wages, perhaps. I don't know, obviously, COVID environment, what's going to, that's going to change. But I just think he'll get recalled, go to someone else and score loads of goals. I think it's just for us, he doesn't really fit into what we're trying to do at Mill. And unfortunately for him, he's kind of been a sucker to that. He's had his opportunities to impress as well, like we've said in the past. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I think uh, from one of the tweets, what they said there, we are only five well if rather when their games in hand we're technically five points away from the relegation zone it's still technically eight i'd rather have points on the board than the games in hand so i'm still quietly confident you know i felt like even though cardiff had a lot of the ball today we were in a level pegging with them and i'd say we're both kind of in a similar position you know i think we're i think we're a mid-table team in this league and i'm not going to panic just yet but we do need a couple wins just to kind of pull away don't we yeah definitely but i think I just think it'd be nice if we just get this season out of the way, um, get the fans hopefully back in August if if everything's looking looking better. It is looking hopefully up, isn't it, with the vaccine and everything. So if we get the fans back in in August, I think this season it's not a write off, but it's one of them seasons that's going to be tough with the whole season without fans. You know, we had eight games without fans and that was hard enough. Now the whole season probably without fans is going to be a re- is, is tough. So I think trying stay just stay up is our aim. Get mid table, get a good finish. And then go again next year with with fans there, and I think the fans will 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 abs will give us the lift that we need. And 
and get the get the get the boys playing again and get the boys winning at home. I'm not even going to get myself started about missing Mill and not going to the games and stuff like that because at this point it's the new norm. So I've not even whinged about it for a while and I don't want to. So, yeah, well, Kai, thanks as always for coming on today, mate. Much appreciated. That's at Mill Fan TV or at TV Mill on Twitter, but at Mill Fan TV on YouTube. Obviously, you've done a post match today as well. So everyone make sure to go check that out. Um, and yeah, I think we'll be quite busy on our socials over the next couple of days, keeping in line with the transfers. Hopefully, we get a couple over the line. We've got a few other bits coming up from us. Obviously, stay tuned to that. A bit more podcasty stuff coming in another player interview on Wednesday. So, yeah, I think we'll be back for the Norwich game. And hopefully, with a bit of luck, we'll have a couple of signings and a good result next week. If you've enjoyed today, be sure to leave a review. Good, It's always appreciated, good or bad. Just leave a five star uh, next to it because it helps us out. And, um, yeah, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening, guys, and see you later. Bye-bye. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly, like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.